The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's American Express. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, welcome. How's it, boys? I'm uh, sort of excited, a little apprehensive. I'm going on my first golf trip in about three months tomorrow morning, so uh, looking forward to the West Coast. It's going to be fun. Augusta? No, I'm going to the American Express. You know, it's a big event out there in the desert. You aware of it? I thought you meant you were playing somewhere. No, no, I'm still suffering with neck issues. Old and decrepit. I'm sorry to hear that. That could be another drop, though. Now, now, wrong. Do you do you have like a packing method, Mark? I know when I was traveling a lot, I had like the perfect system in place it's this many shirts it's this many pairs of pants they go in the same spot every single time and when i'm when i'm flying back i've used everything in my bag you know what that's such a good take and it's amazing at the start of the season even though i think i've put in what i'm used to putting in you get there and you've forgotten something because Uh you're just not used to it but yeah i do but typically i'm an overpacker especially to the west coast because you don't know what the weather's going to do and it could be cold it's 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 unpredictable really even I, in Palm Springs, I mean, isn't Palm Springs pretty predictable? No, it'll well, be chilly no, in the mornings. Right? It can get frigid in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's the All desert. Right. It's the yeah. desert. Very fair. That's Greg Ducharme. Uh, Greg, welcome. Do you have any other weather takes? How's the weather with you right now? Um, you guys had cold. A storm, it's actually, yeah. yeah, we had a storm. It's yeah. actually kind of mild. It's been such a mild winter. We had um, a couple days last week of bitter cold. I mean, really painful to go outside cold but it's kind of passed we had a little bit of snow and it turned to rain and melted so it's been uh it's been fine i mean really honestly a a really mild winter mid high 30s it's not not bad (laughs) oh boy Uh, i know where (laughs) where you guys are that's a that's bitter but here it's it's uh it's i mean you're wearing a coat but it's quite comfortable Chilly just thinking about that. Kyle Porter rounds out our group for today. And KP, every time I see you, it seems like either different or more facial hair. I like this. This is a good look. <laughs> yeah, I'm welcome. going for the Michael Thompson by the yeah. end of the year. Can you, like, can you, can you wow. grow that much? Can you do it? <laughs> no, it would take me like 10 years. I mean, it would be it would be until our JT bed hits. You can do it. it. <laughs> I knew that would get I knew that would get Greg. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was thinking the same thing, so it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, over the weekend, it was like 30 here, a little bit of wind, and they just cancel just mass cancellation of all youth sporting events. I mean, just flag football, 
no chance. <laughs> the seven-year-old can't. I mean, he's not going to be able to throw a three-yard out with these four-mile-an-hour winds. I mean, that's impossible. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty soft down here, Greg. We need some of your, you know. Yeah, Greg thinks that's winter. mild. <laughs> yeah, you guys are probably, you know, going to the beach in that weather. Uh, well, I'll tell you. In when I used to live in Florida, so I understand where, and this happens quickly. And when I would winter in Florida, um, oh, the fancy, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it was not fancy. Trust me, it was not fancy. Um, but but down there, if it would reach you know fifty, you get in, into that, and it would be freezing cold. And I I would be so cold, I'd be wearing. I mean, I'd look like I was snowboarding at the you know out, out on the range at at medalist and because it's so it feels so cold but here 50 is there, there's something about it i don't know how to explain it when you're in the northeast the the temperature don't maybe it's expectations maybe it's how cold i mean i'm pretty close to the the water although it's the sound here but it it mm-hmm. it, it uh it, it's bizarre it, it doesn't it's not the same so i get where you are if it's 30 in texas that feels well, cold. But you, hey, you shouldn't be canceling sporting events. I mean, run the ball. Hey, Greg. Take, they're they're not ball. allowed to. They got to. They have. They're, they. The rules state you have to throw it. Oh wow! wow. All right. Well, yeah. it's time for I those mean, little touch passes. Right? We're trying to. We're trying to develop more Patrick Mahomes. That's right. More, the basketball more, leagues uh, now are just. You can only shoot threes. Let's get some more <laughs> Steph Curry's going. <laughs> hey, what's your Greg? What's your cutoff for um, too cold to play? Shane Bacon put this and, on Twitter the other day, yeah, and I'm curious. Great question. It depends on wind. Yes. So, um, and time of day. The the thing is, in the winter time, time of day gets really short, so you, you don't really have much choice. But if it's if it's 35 degrees and it's not windy, I'm that's, I'll play. That's a go. <laughs> okay, Greg. If it's windy, I got to be at I got to be at at probably 45 or 50. Okay. Um, hey, Greg. Greg, just for the record. It was about 31 and sunshiny this morning in Columbus, and I canceled my golf lessons. So the, the, there you have me. Yeah. See, I, mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say, for me, it's the, it, the wind for sure. But if the sun is out and it's like 38, I'm fine. Here's if, here's the question: the sun is, you got to dress for it, right? If the sun is not out, it could be 61, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is terrible. Here's the question: nobody's asking though, Kyle. What's your limit on the other end? What's too hot? Oh, there's not. I, I'm I'm good. You want to you want to visit me in the summer? We'll see. Well, we'll put that to put that to the test. I mean, we grew. <laughs> I grew up playing just summer baseball in Houston, and it was yeah, like you go through like three shirts during a one hour practice, and yeah. it's it's. I, I don't I don't care about that. I'm either I'm do good. I once once I start sweating, I'm sweating anyway. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Really. I, I love it when it gets hot like that. <laughs> Ball goes forever. Yeah. Well, so if this conversation it slips, uh, slips out of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> if this conversation isn't riveting enough, you can join the conversation. Go ahead, hop in the chat right now. We are live as we speak. We'll try to be a bit interactive today. And producer Jacob's feeling pretty frisky here. Let me see. So he's trying to give away Sportsline membership. Sportsline, you can go get all your data, your picks, all that good stuff. He says if we get 50 likes on this video, he's going to start dropping some codes in the chat. Pretty easy to do. Go ahead, hit that like button while you're sitting there. Join the conversation. But we're going to start with a couple of storylines for this week. And 
what's going on on tour. And KP, you've spent the last couple of days doing a bit of a deep dive into our newfangled uh, Netflix documentary that we might be getting and, or that we are getting. And you've got a piece up on CBSSports.com right now where you've kind of gone through who stands to benefit, who doesn't, who's missing out. We can go through those individually, but you took some time to really dive into this. Yeah, you know, we talked about it. You and I talked about it. Uh, was that Thursday night after round one of Sony? Because it had just come out that day. The news had kind of come out. And, you know, you're reacting to something that uh, that came out like two hours ago. You're like, I, or it was longer than that. But it's, it's, it's hard to get perspective. And the more that I think about this, and I wrote this in the article, the more I... <laughs> The more I this sounds this is gonna sound crazy and you guys can just torch me for it, but the more I think this documentary could change the way that uh, it could change the, the the professional landscape in maybe the biggest way since Tiger Woods uh, on the PGA Tour level. And I realize that sounds just completely absurd, but I I think we we hear Netflix and we hear the show and we're like, okay, this is kind of our world. I bet that's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. We don't realize the reach and the power that that platform has. I mean, I was reading one article on, on business insider over 50 million people have watched drive to survive and their audience, according to the New York times from 2018 to 2019, uh, their average audience that was watching F1 races um, on ESPN almost doubled. Which is, it's incredible. And, yeah. and for us, for you and I, for, for all four of us, for, for everybody in golf media, that's, that's a windfall. I mean, we talk about growing the game all the time. What, what, this is actually growing the game. A lot, of the, a lot of the growing the game stuff is just, you're just saying buzzwords. This is like, oh, people are interested in golf because Brooks Kepka is super petty and compelling and dramatic and all these different things. And I just... I, I I'm, I'm really, I, my hope, my expectations went from pretty low to like off the charts with the announcement of who was doing it, who was in it. And the fact that they got all the major, uh, all the, uh, the, the organizations that run the major championships on board. That's crazy. That That's a big deal. And I'm just, I, I, I couldn't be, I think more excited and more intrigued about how it's going to play out. Speaking of, major championships that 50 million viewer number it's important mark because when you start comparing it to viewership of actual major championships so the pga championship that phil mickelson won peaked at about 13 million people watching mm -hmm. it it averaged closer to six and a half seven you're talking about multiplying that by a whole nother factor to people who are not necessarily all golf diehards yeah no there's no doubt and and kyle makes a really good point that it's opening up a new audience i'm not so sure it's going to have the impact that tiger woods did because that was just mammoth and it's still we're reaping the fruits thereof um but but i think it's really exciting my question knowing some of the professional golfers like i do is how much access they actually give the folks with cameras and and like when I watch NASCAR, I think that, well that's not Formula One for human sex, but but the fan access that they give during their broadcasts has me a fan. 
I mean, they're talking. The, the, the announcers are talking to these guys mid-race. I, I mean, the guy's giving an interview, and he's about to step into the car, and they're about to uh, wave the, check, the, the, the green flag. So, so it's unreal how they engage the fan experience, and they're almost prepared for this thing. Where's the professional golfer? Almost because a result of Tiger Woods, if you will, because before then, you know, the players were a lot more accommodating of folks like us. You know, now the players are like, you know, talk to my agent and we'll see if that fits with my brand um, plans and, and my marketing mix. So, so um, I hope, uh, it's my hope that they really sort of get into the nitty gritty of what goes on behind the scenes. Now, look, it'll be interesting if you're with Brooks and he's doing a morning workout, then practicing, and then going to play and seeing that sort of stuff. But if you really get into the the the, the other stuff of it, then I think the thing could be a real chart topper. Well, I think, can I jump in here, Rick? Please. I, th- I think the, the, I agree with you, Mark. Like if it's, if it's just like, Hey, here's a day in the life that that's fine, but it's not, it's not the good stuff. And, yeah. but, but I think, I think what this has going for it is that there's a precedent of the, and, and I said this to you, Rick on, um, on Thursday. And then I was listening to a uh, shotgun start and, and, uh, Brendan and Andy had the guys who are actually making the, the show on there. And they said the exact same thing that I said, which is that, these guys have watched Drive to Survive, and they're compelled by it. And and, and so because there's a uh, precedent of a show that that they're already compelled by, and they see like what go- they see those guys like saying some stuff that you're like well, I don't I don't know if you should be saying that. I I think when they when they sit down for this, there will just be like a a a, a, a switch flipped in their mind of like okay, I can kind of be like open and honest here in a way that I'm not going to be at a press conference on golf channel, whatever. And, yeah. and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I think that precedent that has been set by drive to survive is super important. Here's the thing, Greg, because I think this is, I think David in the chat has a pretty interesting take here. He says he doesn't think it's going to have the same effect as F1 because F1 races are only two hours on Sunday when there's no other sports. You got fast cars crashes. That is easy entertainment for the viewing public there's a lot of downtime in golf. There's not, there's a, you know, they're going to have to figure out a way to make this exciting if they want to be successful as the drive to survive. It's a great point. And it's my first thought when, when I was growing up, I was um, like, what, what held me away from golf? I I remember I, I grew up playing ice hockey. Some of my friends started taking golf lessons and I, I, you know, almost rolled my, I couldn't believe they were doing what, what's the interest, what's the attraction. And so I didn't get into the game until late. And the main reason was it's, it's slow. And when tiger came along, all of a sudden the fist pumping and the crowds that were roaring, there, there was so much action when he played specifically that I ended up getting hooked. And then I start playing the game myself. And then the rest is, uh, I mean, here we are, right. It became my entire life, but I wonder when people go to a, an F1 event, it's fast. And, and there aren't people who play, who drive F1. Like, the, what is that population like? Recreationally? Who, yeah. <laughs> the, people don't do it recreationally. People, I mean, if it's below 35 degrees, they're not even playing football. Right, they're not people aren't playing a lot of these sports. Soft. They're not even running the ball anymore. They're not even running the ball. So when, but golf is this game where it seems like the fans play. They are more of the fans who watch play. I I don't know if that's 
a hundred percent factual, but it, it seems like the fans of golf play. And so I, I wonder, um, I wonder what it will do. Uh, the expectations are great. I think the idea is great. It's answering one of our biggest problems in the game, which is the players have no personality, right? That seems to be a, an, an issue on tour. Everybody's the same. It's and, not true though. Well, I, I think you'll, you'll see that in this documentary, right? But it, it helps when you're on the golf course, you're coached into being focused and, and laser focused. You're, you're not showing as much pizzazz because that's that's a, a goal of yours. You want to be even keeled. And now when you get a behind the scenes look, I think you're going to get to know the players a little more. So my hope is you can, which is a good thing. I hope you can convert that into real fans. And now when uh, when Justin Thomas is on a leaderboard, people get more interested than they would have before where it was only really only Tiger Woods, maybe Jordan Spieth, who really spikes. Phil Phil raises it, but it doesn't spike. It's not astronomical. Well, maybe if people knew what Phil's life was like, it, it would, um, which Twitter has definitely helped with that, but maybe it would, it would spike even more. So I'm very curious to see what happens. Um, I can see both sides. I can see it having a huge impact. I can also see it being less than F1 just because of, what you get to when you get to the broadcast. What's that presentation like? Mark, Mark's on mute. Well, I think that here, I tried, I tried to tell you in the chat. I saw that coming. I'm looking at the other chat. Forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just wanted to quickly say, Carl, on, on the, uh, on the back end of what Greg said, um, I'm getting my years mixed up, but 2020, when we came back from the lockdown and we were broadcasting those events through the summer, um, you know, the, the the fans are always wanting more player and caddy interaction and they want to hear from the player and caddy which i agree with because that's where you get sort of that inside inside the pits kind of a, a vibe if it was f1 um but then they also had us doing walk and talks on the golf course us on course rovers i remember and that trying to get the pga tour players to do that was like trying to pull chicken's teeth i mean it was next to impossible and then at colonial i remember Chickens don't have teeth. Don't don't worry about it. I was Googling it. Yeah, thank you. Um, And then Colonial, walking off 10T there, Carl, you know it well, CBS had a mic put up over there, and there was a sign that said, hey, please just record a quick message, five seconds for the fans, say, hey, be well, thinking about you guys, so good to be back. We got five, six bites a day. It, it, It was actually somewhat saddening to me i was like come on guys this is you you're walking down the fairway stop at the mic talk for 15 seconds and leave and and, and barely anybody did it so 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 again like greg brings up a good point i think you do I, i've said to these guys just aren't that way inclined now i think bryson and brooks could be thoroughly entertaining because they're out trying to outdo each other so if there is that sort of a rivalry somehow maybe that will open folks up but you know, uh, these guys play stuff close to the vest. It's just how they brought up. Yeah, I just, I th- it's fair. I, I think it's a great point. It's it, again, it's just, it's a different medium, though. You know, it's it's, and and in reading the article that Dylan Dylan Deshay wrote for Golf.com, it sounds like the tour. I think it was that article. It might have been a different one, but it sounds like the tour is like, hey, you can just take the audio that is captured, and we don't that that. The, the way they made it sound is like we can capture any audio you want. It's not always going to go on the broadcast, but you can just have whatever the audio is and you can have whatever footage you want. And 
Hmm. Yeah, like you're not going to get good sound in the middle in like between the ninth and tenth hole or whatever, but you might get Morikawa opening up when he's sitting in the chair, having seen guys like Daniel Ricardo sitting in the chair and what he says in there. It just, it, it, I don't know. Like there's, there's a, there's a mad, there's a little bit of magic to it. The last thing I'll say about this, we don't have to go through the article because we've thoroughly discussed this, but to the point that David made in the chat, for sure, it's a Sunday thing. It's two hours, but uh, it it's also bigger than that. The F one thing is Friday qualify or Friday practice rounds, Saturday qualifying, and and Sunday the actual race. And it 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 a little bit mirrors a, a tour event in that way, where you can look at the first, second, third rounds as being kind of the lead in, where you might still get this massive audience in the final round, which is still meaningful. It's not like you have to convert people that are watching from, you know, PGA Tour Live until the final until the final putt on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If guys are only tuning in for the last think about Sunday, Henley and, and Hideki, like for people to that were just brought into the sport to tune into that, that would have been sweet. Like that would have been an awesome on ramp into following golf. So, I mean, I'm encouraged by the direction it's headed, I'm encouraged by the fact that all these organizations are like, sure, free reign, come do it. I'm encouraged that the PGA Tour is like, we're stepping back. You guys do your thing. You know how to make this. And I'm excited to, to see what it looks like. I, I mean, I'm going to just binge the hell out of it when it comes out. I'm pumped about it. Well, yeah, I discovered discovered Netflix too. And you speak of binging. I mean, I've got to stop myself a little bit. Hey, and I was glancing through the chat, Rick. You can put a bow in it, but I just want to say, Dave, it's appreciate the uh recommendation for mexican mexican in la quinta that's pretty cool of you man thank you yeah only only on the internet can you get real-time food recommendations restaurant recommendations for a place that you just told us you're going to three <laughs> seconds prior only on the internet can that happen uh which is exciting stuff also kp the final final bow i promise maybe you know if they would have done this this show Last year, maybe we would have got that iconic shot of you standing there at Augusta National. <laughs> in your golf maybe, maybe that would have been forever entrenched in the in, Netflix, Netflix ecosystem. Like, imagine I'm just gonna be walking around, guys, all year long, like behind the yeah. shot, trying to get in. I missed my, I'm, I missed my opportunity. I love it. John Rom looking to not miss his opportunity this week, Greg. And Rom is, uh, we we've done this a million times. He's he's. The best player in the world. I don't think anyone's arguing that. The issue continues to be the wins or lack thereof. Now he is, of course, the favorite. He's won this event before. Are are we going to get a correction this year, right? Are we going to get a correction that the two or three wins that John Rahm might be owed? And and that's why I think this is such a big um, topic this week. John Rom should win this event. I know Patrick Cantlay's there. There are other great players in the field, and there's a, a really good chance you get a great duel, a, a heavy, a, you know, heavyweight battle coming down the stretch. It's very possible this week, but with with the quality of play that he's given, I mean, I I can't think of a more dominant player. Everybody classifies him as dominant, but. He had one win last year. I know what happened at Muirfield. I I, I understand that. Um, so one one plus wins last year, and and it feels like somebody always beats him. It doesn't feel like he does anything wrong. It doesn't feel like some of the other guys who who struggle um, when it when it comes to Sunday. Russell Henley, for instance, or or Ricky Fowler, or 
uh, Tony Finau, whether it's fair or not, these guys have all taken heat for what happens on Sunday when they get in contention. And it, it doesn't feel like that for John Rahm. It doesn't feel like there's ever a moment where he's letting you down. It just feels like he gets beat a lot. And I wonder on a, on a golf course like this, a place he's won in the past and where he is so far and away um, the, the best player here. And, and if there's one guy close, it's Cantlay. And so with that kind of advantage and that kind of lead, can he seal the deal? And and if he does, is it going to break the lid off? Could an event like this kind of, op- you know, remove the manhole cover and and the floodgates open? Is is that kind of what we're looking at this week? I don't know. Are we at the point now, KP, where it's winner winner? Who cares for John Rom? Right. That's what we grade him on. It's it's victories, not the fact that he was top ten in every single major last year. It's just he wins or he doesn't. That's now the bar. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I care. Um, (laughs) I, I, I care about the level of golf you're playing partly for this show because it's instructive to picking guys, right? Like, and, 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 and the, the differentiation comes in or, or the confusion comes in where it's like, if you only look at finishes and not, um, like the way that guys are getting to those finishes, then you're going to miss out on some of the information that can help you predict what's going to happen. And that doesn't mean you're going to get everything right, but it's just more information is always better when it comes to predictions. And I think, you know, somebody might look at, and Greg mentioned this, if you go to data golf and, and you look at fourth round performance, when he enters the final round in the top five, so if he enters after 54 holes, he's in the top five. He's going into the last round in the top five. His, he, he doesn't really raise or lower his um, win expectancy. So he, he just he, he's not like super clutch in the final round, but he's also not a bad final round player. He's just he's just he, he plays about how you would expect. And he just he's gotten beat a lot like he's just gotten you know, upended at the end. So yes, to an extent, I think it's, it's all about wins for Rom this year, but I think if he continues to play at this level, I'm going to keep saying, Hey, the wins are going to come because you can't play at this level and not at some point win golf tournaments. But here, here's a, a question to that. Can you keep playing at this level? And it seems like John Rom can, but we haven't seen that very often in through history. His his level of consistency is extremely high, and right. I mean, it, it's remarkable, and I wonder how long that lasts for, and if it if it does last, he'll he'll go down as one of the greatest to ever play. His uh, his it, his strokes gain number right now, Greg, according to Data Golf, if you look at a hundred, they keep like a track of a hundred and fifty round rolling average. So that's back what. 150 rounds, two or two and a half years, something like um, that. Yeah, it's, it's so so. A hundred rounds can be a year, right? So Victor played a hundred rounds exactly last year. So some guys okay, like 80 so, to 120. So it's, so 150 is like a year plus, year and a half, maybe yeah. maybe two for somebody. Maybe two that if you don't play a lot. Yeah, yeah, doesn't play as much. The only three guys since Strokes Gain have been kept that have had better run 150 round runs than what Rom was on at ending toward the end of last year. Tiger, who's done it a bunch of times, obviously. VJ in like 2004 and Ernie Els in like 2004. 
So it just like the Hall the, of Famer. the the level like the the strokes gain level that he's playing at is it's it's kind of remarkable. And and you've had guys like Jim Furyk go on runs like I mean you've had guys do it. Uh, DJ's gone on runs like this, but it, still, Brom is only trailing those three guys. If you look at the, his best 150 round uh, cross section or whatever, and, and even so those it, guys, how long did they do it for? Well, it's the same same right. distance, 150 rounds. 150 but, rounds but, they did it for. But you're right; like it doesn't. I mean, other than Tiger, it, it ends. At, it ends at some point. Yeah, yeah. And that's my big concern: is he if if this ends and he leaves with. Uh, just a U.S. Open, which I know is a huge deal, but if the if if his uh, performance starts to fade a little bit, which I don't think we could hold him, nobody's going to keep this up forever. So if the performance fades and the wins don't answer, is that problematic? I mean, look, every everything that he's done and everything he's doing points to the fact that he can keep it going. But this is the game of golf, and that, that's really hard to do so i i think we're getting close to a, a tipping point with him where if this becomes a uh, um a, a career great player over a career and um and and a player where we're a little disappointed in what in what we got he is my take for what it's worth because i've seen vj play up close and i've seen tiger and i played against ernie and obviously watched his progression through his life and my lifetime and i I've voiced a thing for CBS the other day, sort of a season preview. And they asked me to write it and I'm not as not good a writer as tiger, but I, I sort of came at the whole thing was like tiger, no, tiger, Kyle, I should say. <laughs> I was, okay. Wow. That got yeah. even better. I was like, wow, yeah, I didn't know tiger write something. And then no, Kyle no, you, compared to tiger. In yeah. This I didn't know yeah, tiger. You're, wow. You're the, you're the tiger woods. You're the tiger what? woods of writing. Kyle. Anyway, but, that was just yeah. a Freudian slip from Mark. He just, he just, just came out and well, admitted said, it. I've said, I've told you guys, I've got a high regard for Carl Porter with a pen in his hand. Now, when he's uh, got a microphone, I'm not so sure, but but, but the pen's sensational. Um, the And so, yes, I came at the whole thing with like new year, new hopes, all that sort of thing. Um, and yet there's so many unknowns. What we do know, there's two things I know about golf right now. Tiger Woods is going in the Hall of Fame in March. That's guaranteed. And then I said, and John Rahm is fortifying his grip on the world's number one ranking right now because I've watched the greats play. And Rahm, some of them are flawed and they play around it. But Rahm to me right now has no flaws. He is flawless the way he plays the game. And yes, he's been out hustled and maybe just beaten by a nose at the post or something silly like a COVID test has happened. But the guy is complete. So what I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just going to let time play its course because yeah. VJ's in the Hall of Fame over his career. You know, no one was worried about Singh at age 28 or what, how old is Ram right now? He's in his 26. 20s. Yeah, VJ at 26 was trying to find his way on the European tour. Ernie at 26 was one of those generational guys, but he, he won the US Open, I think maybe also late 20s. Uh, Tiger was the outlier. Yet we all start comparing people to Tiger, but ti Tiger is one of those. You you, you see them once in a, a millennium kind of deal. So 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 Ram's got everything. If Ram stays injury free uh, and things go his way, I'm confident he will assemble some sort of a career, a la else, a la VJ, with you know multiple major championships and perhaps a locker in the Hall of Fame. 
Um, but, but as it stands right now, the future is awfully bright. And if I was a stock, if he was a stock, I am seriously buying. I'm laying the house on it right now. Rick, what's his ceiling? Uh, okay, so I've got 481 rounds on him in my database. He's the best player in the last 50, last 100, last 200, last 300, last 481. He's he's that dude. Um, the ceiling is, I, I mean, I, I mean, career, top, like he's like top like top five player ever. Wow. Ever. That's the ceiling, right? I mean, listen, we're, we're in a 500-round <laughs> stretch. If his 75th percentile or 85th percentile is a top 20 player ever, I mean, his ceiling's a top five player ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is – I'm going to get a lot of Twitter heat for this. I – of long drivers and great ball strikers, Ernie Els had a fantastic short game. Tiger Woods had an otherworldly short game. Rom, to me, has the best scoring skill – of anyone I've seen for someone who's as long and accurate as he is, he has no weakness. And because of that, if something goes off, he's got another element of the game that can cover him for the week. And that's why he's perennially on leaderboards. And like Tiger Woods, you stay on a leaderboard and you build this name that you are and the locker room speaks and they know when Ram shows up, certain folks, and I sound like Brooks Kepka now, they fall over in front of you. And so if Ram just keeps doing what Ram does, he'll be a factor on Sunday. His name will creep up the leaderboard. He'll pick off one, pick off two. You guys don't you guys know what confidence is worth, then maybe he goes on a tear. We don't know. But I, I'm sure he will be a factor on leaderboards for a long time still. I think this, I think that's exactly why this is the the topic. Because of those expectations, that talent level is that is it a top five, top 10 player. But in order to reach that at the end of your career, you got to have the hardware. And and nobody looks back at the asterisks. We look at the Wikipedia page. And I'm, um, <laughs> while I think he can do it, I'm wondering what's going to happen with that Wikipedia page as his career goes on, if this is going to be a thing or if it's going to even out. I think, I, I think, go ahead, Mark. And I was, I was about to say, man, if, I, I've seen one major championship won by a golfer, and that was a big deal. Now, he was talented, but nothing like John Rahm. If, if you're winning four or more, I think you're having a sensational career. I mean, it's, it, there, there are very few folks in the game above you. If you're like a, a Feldo or a Seve or a Ernie Els, those sorts of guys, man, they are great. They are greats of the game. That's why in the whole, they're in the Hall of Fame. So I would say if, if Rahm ends the thing at three, maybe four, that's that's Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think Rom's going to win a lot this year. I think he's going to win like four times. Uh, maybe I hope more. he does because then I'm winning the JT bet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, hey, we got a long way to go there. We're early. I think you need we're, to pay we're, me off. We're on like the third hole. You you get all you get out over your skis on that on that the one and done everything. You we got a long <laughs> long runway there, and you so, can measure that with the beard. The yes, exactly. <laughs> the problem, Rick, is like uh, top five ever. You 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 would have to you would you would almost have to win like seven majors. In so this the era. problem is that's the problem. He'll, he'll never be on the Mount Rushmore because he's going to be compared to numbers that are no longer possible. No one's ever like winning ten majors, eight majors. Like, that might be impossible moving forward. You're just never going to see it. If you were to almost go era by era, you could figure this out a little bit better. But he is unfortunately, yeah, top five was probably a little bit aggressive because you're not going to 
you're not going to be able to ever match the wins numbers or the majors numbers just because of the state of the game. And and there's no way to like normalize right the like how good he is compared to better field. I mean, there is it's strokes game, but uh, it's just, it's hard. To, you can't you can't normalize that with wins. You can't put him in 1987 and be like, well, he would have won 47 times, right. you know. Right. Um, but yeah. I, I, I love the, I, I legitimately think John Rom could be a top 10. I think he could be like a, and I said this about Spieth too. Uh, he could be a Phil. I think Phil's a top 10 player of all time. And I think Rom, I don't think he'll win as many PGA tour events as Phil, but I think he could win as many or more majors than Phil. I do. And Mark is right. Like the thing that gets overlooked with Rom, we can move on to picks. Cause I know that's what people want to hear, but his hands are so good. So, like, like I think people, they don't realize how good he is, not just putting, but around the greens. I, I mean, his hands are unbelievable. Some of the shots that he hits. And I think the only thing that you, I think his mentality is really good. I think his body actually like sets up really well for a long career. I think the, the one thing you worry about the swing is really short. Right? What is what? It's a long swing, long career, and maybe that's. Ah, no, I wouldn't. No, no, don't go there. He's actually, to me, Greg, and I'd love your opinion. He's got a golf swing that I don't think places a whole bunch of injury potential and torque on the body. He is so strong in his legs. He's got tree trunks for legs. I mean, his rear end is just huge. So he's got this massive foundation, uh, and there's, and it's a very simple, very reliable action. And his arm swing might be short. But his body turn is huge. So, no, I wouldn't be worried about the length of they, the swing at all. He and his coach, Dave Phillips, check his body every week, every Monday. And so they, there's a reason why his swing – and he's talked about this with the club foot and all, all of those. There's a reason why he swings the way that he does. And it's it's measured. It's known. It's It's not – um, for any reason other than that's the most efficient way for his body to swing. And that, that limits the potential for injury. And they also, because they monitor things so closely, when something comes up as a, a potential injury, they work it out beforehand. And that's why you don't see him hurt very often. So, yeah, I, I don't think the short swing thing is anything to be concerned about. Last word, Kyle, if you want it. Uh, better. I was going to ask you, you get the last word, Better. you got to answer this better career, Rory or Rom at the end, like in 50 years from now, who will we say had a better career? Probably Rory. He's got such a good head start, but it, it, but it, because, but only because our flaw in the grading system being wins. If I would not be surprised at all to see John Rom strokes gate numbers be better than Rory. But like, if you took a family feud poll of a hundred people rory would be the answer rory also he had a he had it a little like the era that he entered into was i mean luke donald was and lee westwood were number one in the world it was it was fine it wasn't it wasn't this era though you know it's gonna be really hard to win a lot Moving yeah, yeah. Here's, really here's what I know to that question. No, it's a cliche, but a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's, yeah. it's you, you go with guarantees at this stage. We saw it last year. Who would have thought that COVID would have shut down a third of the golf season? You never know what the future holds. I'm going with a guy who's got the stuff right now. 
I know what the future holds for us. We are going to go through our best bets, our one and done. We're going to have a little fun on the other side. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we're back. All right, let's start here with a little bit of fun and games. Mark, you are well known. Oh, before I get into that. We are like 12 likes away from producer Jacob, maybe even less than that. 11 likes away from producer Jacob just literally making it rain with sports line coats in the chat. So go ahead and make sure you hit the like button. We'll get all across the finish line there. And producer Jacob will reward all of you. Mark, you're famous for your nationality bets. And what we've been doing the last couple of weeks is we have been listening to a national anthem. And trying to figure out what your nationality bet is for the week. And we have been, so far, very unsuccessful. <laughs> you guys were good last week, uh, I thought, with with the selection there. Hey, before we hit before we hit play, I just want to say, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on ROM. I wanted to talk to folks, and I'd love to hear folks' comments in the chat. This run of golf we're going into now, this West Coast swing, uh, the American Express in the Desert Palm Springs, then you go to Torrey Pines, and you go to Pebble up the coast, then you go to Phoenix, then you go to Riviera in Los Angeles. To me, could be one of the best stretches of golf anywhere in the world. The golf courses are majestic. Uh, it, it's just an incredible time, and I always look forward to it. So anyway, so looking forward to something. Um, yeah, lots of nationality bets this week. There were some good selections. And I made this selection, and I'm keen to see if you guys recognize the national anthem. Okay. Was that got it? <laughs> it had yeah, the, the word time. Africa. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, that narrows it down. South a Africa. Bit. Yes. So who's what's who's oh, my okay. pick this week? Okay, so hold on. Let me see if I can find the South Africans in the field here. So, oh boy. All right, I've got the leaderboard up. Load the load the flags. Here we go. I'm I'm going flag hunting here. There's four, I believe. It's got to be the big fella. Yeah, I was going to. Oh I yeah, he's like six foot ten. Him. Drives it a million miles. Who are you talking about? Uh, Jared. Is that his name? KP. Oh hmm? gosh, I had it. Well, no, it's it's uh, it's hard. Field. Um, David Hart and then Dupree. David Hart Dupree. Uh, no, come on, guys. You got you guys yeah. Yes, thank you. Finally, yeah, I'm going with Bez this week. <laughs> um, I think he's the pick of the litter over there. Dylan Fratelli is good. 
Um, I'm not sure when he played last. Christian played solidly last week in Hawaii. And I, I saw some number the other day globally. I think it was 32. He's only missed one cut in his last 32 starts. Now, I don't want to put the announcer a curse on the guy and go, well, now he's going to miss one. But he's just fantastically uh, consistent. It's very reliable, very accurate from T through green, and he's a beautiful putter. So so I think Bez is um, he is my pick, certainly. And, and to that national anthem, there's actually two parts to it. There's the African language part, in Kasi Sikilele, and then there's the uh, Afrikaans part, because, of course, the country went through changes. So you heard what was just a segment of our South African anthem. That's, a, that's interesting. I'm surprised oh. you didn't just sing it, Mark. Because uh, yeah. I don't know that all of it. That's why. <laughs> that really that would have been a giveaway. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Unless he, he has just learned like the Thai the Thai national anthem or something. <laughs> that would really throw us off. Yeah, throw, sure. yeah we do next <laughs> level. If you want to do that, Mark, go ahead. But I'll get it wrong. That's all right. Thanks. Bez has more victories than missed cuts in his last thirty-two starts because he went back to back at the end of twenty twenty mm-hmm. worldwide. So exciting yeah. stuff. Uh, okay. Best bets. Greg, let's start with you. You have discovered a three ball, and I know you were texting me earlier. You were scouring Caesars Sportsbook. That's where you go to find all these best bets. You looked through the matchups. You looked through top 10s. You looked through top 20s, and you came to the conclusion of this three ball. Yes. um, Michael Thompson and his beard. I think the two of them can take on Ricky Fowler and Russell Henley. And you get plus 225 on that. So I, I really like the number. I have a lot of questions about Ricky, although I, I do think he is going to have a really nice week. Um, but with Russell Henley, I don't like his course history here at all. And I believe his finish last week made this a little, uh, probably made the odds a little sweeter for Michael Thompson. Uh, and, and Michael Thompson also playing last week quite well. I, I think this is another one of those courses that really fits his game. And um, and, and I think he's very underrated here. I, um, I, I think he's very underrated. He also, uh, yeah, so last week it was a tied fifth finish. And he's a great putter, which I think is great. Distance isn't necessarily a pre- prerequisite, uh, which is a, is a challenge for him. So I, I think... I think this is going to be a great week for him. And I don't think it's going to be a great week for Henley Fowler. I worry the one worry I have with Fowler is the stadium course seems to give him a hard time. He's got to play two rounds there. So I I like Thompson over Fowler and Henley. If that cashes KP, it'll be worth 2.25 times your money. Plus 225 Michael Thompson over Ricky Fowler and Russ Henley. Were you going to jump in there? Uh, I almost went with him. I almost picked this and I almost went with Henley over Fowler and Thompson. Um, I would have taken Fowler over Thompson and Henley. So we've got a real triple play here. Yeah. I, I just, man, Henley played great last week. I, and I don't, the course history thing is hard here because you've got just so many different courses playing in and I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, it, yeah, I took a, I took a hard look at that one. I took a hard look at the one you did too, Rick, and, and almost went with the pick that you made. Okay, let's go to that one. Mine's Patrick Cantlay plus 130 over John Rahm minus 162. And KP, listen, uh, let me be clear. This is not a play against John Rahm. It's a play against the number. Minus 162 is a massive number in these. That's that's essentially asking Rahm to win it like 62% of the time. And I just, I'm not sure there's anybody in the moment that 
that beats Patrick Cantlay 62% of the time. I just Cantlay's call. very clearly the second the second best player on tour or in the last year. So I don't disagree, but the problem cuz I went, I remember I went back and looked this up. They played in the same tournament. I think it was 17 times last year. Mm-hmm. And I think Rom got in like no, it was it was 20 times and Rom got him like 16 or 17. <laughs> yeah, he probably got everybody about 16 or 17 out of those 20 times. Listen, it's scary. I just think that uh, books are laying a number that uh, is too big and they will eventually get burned on this. Hope, I'm yeah, I, the, num- the number for Kayla is he's the number four player in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's and he plays great. great here. And he shot a 61 in the final round here. And he finished fourth at the Tournament of Champions. So I I totally agree. Like the, the play on the actual number is is good. Uh, while we have you here, KP, why don't you give us your best bet, which is a even money matchup? Yep. Uh, Matthew Wolf over Abe Answer. I think that Answer's not playing that great right now. I thought he'd bounce back at the Sony. He was okay. Wolf ended the year great. And you always get a little concerned over the first appearance of a, of a new year for somebody. But I just, I actually like the volatility in Wolf because he's a top eight, 12 talent that you're getting at, at even money against somebody who's a good player, but just doesn't have the same ceiling. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not like fired up about it, but I, it, it stood out to me just because of Wolf's talent level and, and how he finished 2021. I will save my Matthew Wolf take for a second because he's coming up later for me. Producer Jacob is now currently dropping uh, sports line codes in the chat because we crossed over our threshold. So thank you very much. And Mark, uh, your best bet is your nationality pick, correct? Yeah, it really is. And it's for the reasons that I've ga- I've given. Uh, I think he's the, the quality of the four players. And it's not often you'll get a nationality bet and there's just four guys playing. So uh Let's go, Christian. Let's play some golf this week. Plus 110 if that does indeed come in. And, Mark, I'll just stay right here with you as we go to our sleepers, top tens, and picks to win. Let's start, Mark, with your sleeper, please. My sleeper this week is a guy um, I've, I've, I've liked the work he's been doing with Mark Blackburn on his golf swing. Um, he's always been a real good talent, Adam Hadwin, but of late – They've tightened up the golf swing. They've got the face stabilized a bit more because he's really fast through the golf ball with his body. And now with a face stronger, he's not going to fight that late right miss that he used to suffer. And then the flash took as a result. So I'm going with a guy who shot 59 around you before. I think he's finished runner up once or twice before as well. And, and a lot of the Canadian folks go down to uh, the desert to work on their game uh, during the off season. So Adam Hadwin, I know he hasn't played. I think this might be his first start of the se- uh, of this new year, but he's going to a place where he's played well before. Adam Hadwin, sixty six to one. Greg, your sleeper, same odds. Yes, uh, and also part of my best bet. So Michael Thompson, um, again, kind of going, kind of going all in on him this week, um, and it's not because of the beard. I as much as I as much as I love the beard, oh. it's. The you know the form has been pretty good. I liked what he did at Mayakoba. I loved what he did at Sony last week. I, I love what he does as a as a player. I think it's really important to be a good putter in a week like this, where you're you're going to have to make a ton of birdies. I think the cut could be somewhere around uh, nine, ten, eleven under par, and a, a player uh, eleven may be a stretch, but I, I really in three rounds, I, I don't think that's out of the question at all. 
um, it was nine under in 2020. Uh, last time it was it was a three round cut. So um, I, I think you're going to have to really fill it up. And a, a player like Michael Thompson, who's confident, is a, a really important aspect. Again, distance isn't a really important thing here. And uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting him to continue this hot play. Sixty six to one for Michael Thompson to win this event. How do I get into one of these pro ams? Do I have to like be like a corporate guy? How do I how do I do this? Yeah, for a certain amount of money, I'm sure you can get a tea time can somewhere. You, can you buy your way into one? I, I think so. <laughs> Everything's for sale, Rick. Come on, you know this. Or do I have to like make a donation to like uh, somebody who's got a spot? How do they? I bet if you phone? gave, I bet if you gave Phil a f- uh, free subscription to RickRunGood.com, he'd get you. Oh man, that's that's uh, it's worth about two hundred bucks. That might do the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna keep my eye out for some from pro ams. Uh, see if I can get into one of these. Uh, my long shot. I'm taking a true long shot. Adam Long, a hundred. What's that? I said ha. <laughs> oh, thank you. A true long shot, one hundred to one. Uh, here, here's my favorite stat here, KP. We are currently in a stretch where Adam Long, for 29 consecutive starts, has either missed the cut or finished inside the top 30. Nothing else. I, I, I want your, that. I want that. I saw, yeah, I saw your tweet on that. It's uh, who, who was somebody was doing that where it was like they would either top 10 or miss the oh, cut. It was a Sep, was it Sep Straka? Why does that name come to mind? No, it was a it was a star. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was, I think it was Kepka. He was either top like seven or he missed the cut for like eight months in a row or something like this. So, th- so that that's like the kind of the lesser version of that. But that, I mean, that's what you want, right? I just, the thing I worry about with him, I know he's won here, but just the, the win equity is, it, it's hard in a field that's the best it's been since 2004. For sure. He's uh, a winner a couple of years ago, actually much better now as a player than he was when he actually won this event. KP, you're going with someone kind of in the middle of the 66s that Greg and Mark offered, the 100 to 1 that I offered. You've got a guy here at 80 to 1. Yeah, I've got Luke List. He's uh, he's hitting it really well. He had, I think he's got like three top 11 finishes in his last four starts, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, with him, it's it's all about it's a little Corey Connors ish in that it's what am I getting from the putter? You know, he's not the he's not the as good of a ball striker as Corey Connors. He's certainly not as good as somebody like Hideki, but his putting is just not very good. But he's played really kind of quietly well at the end of at the end of 2021. So I, I kind of like him. At, I, I always seem to pick a guy that's 80 to one. And that's my guy this week. Luke List, Adam Long, Michael Thompson, Adam Hadwin round out our sleepers. Greg, find me someone who you guarantee the Greg Ducharme Ice of Fire, Iced Up Lock of the Week, <laughs> top 10 pick for the American Express. Uh, Corey Connors. I love Corey Connors this week. Again, um, coming off a nice finish at the Sony Open, although uh, that is a really strong event. He does tend to putt really well there. I think he rolls the momentum over and the ball striking has been so good for so long. Uh, he's going to give himself a lot of birdie opportunities. And when you play in these kind of conditions, like you get in Palm Springs, uh, as you know, maybe as you guys pointed out earlier, maybe cold in the morning, but there's not going to be a lot of wind and it's going to be a, a flag hunting contest. And I think Corey Connors is going to give himself so many great looks 
at birdie. And I think he's confident with the putter right now, whether, whether he's as confident here as he is at Sony, I, I don't know, but I, I think, I think he gets something going with the putter this week and, uh, and contends gets himself. I think he does better than he did last week with the uh, 11th place finish. Two and a half to one on your money. If Corey Connors finishes inside the top 10, Mark, your top 10 is one of kind of the big boys in this field. There's kind of a, a clear four when it comes to maybe the, the betting board or fantasy pricing. Who's your top 10, please. I'm going with Tony Finau and I'll take him any day of the week over Corey Connors this week, to be honest with you. Um, these he's, he looked, he's looked really sharp in the off season. He's played a lot of golf there in the desert. He's used to this sort of golf. Um, he's had success around this golf course before. Um, and the beauty about the place, I think Carl and, and Greg both spoke about the three golf courses. You can gear down off the tee if you need to and just put the ball in play and then start to take advantage from there. But the length we know about, I think the victory has allowed him to come into his own a little bit and then uh, was a little quiet after the Ryder Cup, but looked solid when he played out in Maui for a little while. So uh, Fino in the desert for me. Finau plus 225 to finish inside the top 10. KP, you and I have gone with the same guy to finish inside the top 10. It's plus 110. Reveal to the people, please, who it is. Yeah, it's Patrick Cantlay. He's finished in the top 10 in uh, each of his last three tour events. Uh, maybe each of his last four, actually. I, I realize that three of those were the playoffs at the end of last season, which was a long time ago, but he finished fourth. At Kapalua, uh, I, it was for for me. It was between him and Rom. They're just playing that much better than everybody else in this field. Rom was like minus one sixty to one fifty, maybe to finish in the top ten. And so I just like the Cantlay number better at plus one ten. Jeez, oh man, that the, the the John Rom numbers are getting scary at this point. All right, gentlemen, picks to win. KP, I'll just stay right here with you, my friend. Who is going to hoist a trophy in the California desert on Sunday afternoon? I've got Scott Scheffler. Oh, Scott. Also goes by Scotty. Uh, <laughs> if he wins, we got to start calling him. Once he has a kid, we got to start calling him Scott Scheffler, right? Yeah, because especially if he names his child Scott, that'll be Scotty. I as I grew up as a Ricky because my uh, father shares the same name, so I, I know how that generally goes. Yeah, and then you at some point you may. Do, do you think Ricky Fowler ever makes that transition? Does he ever become Rick Fowler? I think he missed the window. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's just got to commit to it now. I think I think you like when you're like eighteen to twenty two. That's your that's your chance. Now that he's what. He's in his thirties, isn't he? He's like my. Well, it's age. almost. It, it's almost like one of those things where if you're a, if you're a woman and and you're so famous that and when you marry somebody else, you're like, well, I'm not gonna. I can't change. <laughs> right. Like I can't change my name now. So you just right. keep your your entire name. That's what yeah. it. Fowler feels so fam like famous enough that he. It would be. It would actually be almost weirder if he went by Rick Fowler. Rick Fowler. <laughs> That's, it's yeah, weird. It's, it's so weird. It's a brand, right? Rick, I mean, it, it, and it's Ricky. It's not Fowler. He's a totally. He's a first name guy. Yeah, so it wouldn't it, sound so good if the drop was if the drop was Rick Fowler. It wouldn't <laughs> sound so good. Hey guys, wait, wait. We're digressing here. You know, I made a quip about Kyle, and I've got the respect for his writing skill. Kyle, I, I want you because I'm looking at Cantlay Scheffler. I want you to convince me how or tell me how you went with Scheffler over Cantlay this week. Oh, it's just a longer number. I think Cantlay was what plus uh, probably half half the odds. He was like eight, uh, nine or ten or so. Oh, so it's, like a, it's a pure number number thing. Yeah, and I think that yeah, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think Scheffler's playing better golf than Cantlay, but 
he did play pretty well at the end of last year. Um, he's played well at this course before he finished third back in 2020. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, he's somebody we've talked about a bunch. He needs to, he needs to get a win. And this is just, this is a good spot for him because he has played well here. Uh, I do worry about the rust a little because he this will, this will be his first start of the year. But I do I like him at eighteen to one. Uh, he's currently eight to one at Caesar Sportsbook to win this. I went with Matthew. It's Wolf. Pretty short. Yeah, I went with Matthew Wolf. Listen, this is an event that is very weird and volatile. There's a lot of factors. There's multiple courses. We have seen a lot of longer shot guys win. Not saying that thirty to one for Matthew Wolf is very long, but the last three years, 60 to one, 200 to one, 500 to one were the last three winners. And Wolf, I'm just like, I'm just multiplying volatility. Just like give me all the volatility in the world. Matthew Wolf can score enough. I think he wins 30 to one. He's my pick. Um, Greg and Mark, you guys both have the same winner. So uh, let's go Greg first. What if you got, Greg? Um, odds, when it comes to winners, uh, especially the odds, only matter if you win right and so i think that's important to point out sometimes when you have a player like john rom in the field who is playing so well it's it, it the number doesn't matter it, it does it doesn't matter i mean i guess unless you're playing a ton of different you got a ton of action and you're trying to hedge um but it, the likelihood of him winning is extremely high this week and i i really like where his game is we talked about it at length Early earlier on in the show, so we don't have to uh, go in depth. But I think he checks all the boxes. He's won here before, and I think he, I think he's due. I, I really do. I and I, I think he gets it done again. What he said, love it. All right, that's Wolf Scheffler, Rom, and Rom for us, which leaves us with one final thing to do. It's our one and done selection. Sian Ajad currently in last, 943,000. He is trying to make up some ground, gentlemen. And he's gone with Justin Rose. That's right, Justin Rose to try to make up a little bit of ground, 943,000. The closest person in his sights is you, Kyle, 975,000. Your one and done selection for this week is? I think it was Scott. Scott I think it was too. You haven't used him yet. No. No, you haven't. Yeah, I, I actually, honestly, when I was looking at this, I was pretty close to pick, to taking Rom. I I I got scared because like you can't pick Rom here unless like if you, if if you pick Rom and he doesn't win, you're you're cooked. Like, yeah, it's over. Even it's been, even like second place is brutal. Yeah, it's Vince it's Vince Carter gift time. So uh, I got a little scared at the end, and I just went with Scheffler. Fair enough. All right, Greg, there is a big gap between yourself and Kyle. It's 2.3 million for you in total. So I see a familiar name making your one and done list for this week. Yeah, again, uh, it's Corey Connors this week. Kyle played him last week. A couple things went into it. I figured it would be a little different. Um, I'm not sure how many guys are going to play Corey this week, but I think the uh, I think the desert is going to be kind to him this week. So, Corey Connors. I'm going with Matthew Wolf. I have 2.7 million. We've got a lot of there's there's a big possibility for some movement this week. Sia on an island by himself. Uh, Greg on an island by himself. I'm on an island by myself. Producer Jacob, get in here. 3.2 million. You sir, also on an island by yourself. 
I am on an island by myself. If you read the bottom scroll, you know who it is. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> it is Love Ricky it. Fowler himself. Uh, some of the usual suspects that you could go to, like a Scotty Scheffler or a Corey Connors, have already used. So mm. I'm going to take uh, Fowler here. And, you know, I full disclosure, I didn't get to do a lot of research this week. And then my email this afternoon pops up the Rick Rungood weekly email where he's a little high on uh, Mr. Fowler. So you could probably just start, you know, like secretly tipping picks and I'll probably be gullible enough. Like you could throw, you could throw one really. Yeah. Yeah. You could like, if you wanted to play like 40 level chests, you could just throw in a player that you say you're high on and, but you really, you're not. And then I'll probably just pick them. So it never works in golf anyway. <laughs> It'd be some some scrub who hasn't made a cut in ten in ten weeks, and he goes out and wins the golf tournament. It's like me picking Stuart Sink at the Tournament of Champions last year, oh. and then he leads after like half, you know, right. just leading my leading dream. the event. My dream. It's uh, it's like when people on the early ad shows like they tell us that they're gonna fade our picks whenever we're like 50-50, <laughs> and you're like, well, you're laying okay. minus one forty, <laughs> so you're still gonna lose money. No matter what you do. Uh, Ricky Fowler for producer Jacob. He's at 3.2 million. Also at 3.2 million is the coach. Now the coach had himself a big week last week with Russell Henley, made a big jump, and he is going with Scotty Scheffler this week. So that's the only two of the entire one and done that match, Coach and Kyle. And we're all chasing you, Mark. You're at 4.6 million. You're 1.4 clear of the coach. There's a lot of possibilities behind you with different guys that can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Who are you going with? Um, first off, need to bounce back from my first miscut last week. And I don't like three-round cuts. Uh, it's always a volatile sort of a thing. And and my my short list was Abe Answer, Corey Connors, and Keith Mitchell. And I had Tony Finau on that list, and I just decided in the end, I just think he's the shining star of the bunch. He's played well around there. He's contended around this place. I think it's time for Tony to shine. Going for the jugular. What's well? Where where else would you use Fino? Anywhere. No. Right? Uh, maybe at Tory. I like Fino at Tory Phoenix? next week. Phoenix, yeah. No, I think it's. I think it's I great. I, Phoenix. I think this the standings here is. I mean, Mark has so much money at this point. Like I. Wow. I I think coach is like in a normal like lead right at three point. I think 3.2 would be a normal lead at this time of year. And Mark is just like house money right now. So if you put like if Fina wins this week, it, it might be over. Like that might be it. Stop talking, Kyle. What did we do? <laughs> you made that mistake last week, bro. <laughs> what was the winning number last year, Jacob? Well, how, what was the what can, is, I, it was it was me by the way but it was like uh 10 million bucks nice. it was nine something wasn't it so that's, that's you're, you're already halfway yeah. there we haven't, we haven't played any 11.5 okay uh, okay i mean yeah still, so rick had 11.5 mark 10 7 greg 10 3 yeah but Stop. we played double money at uh, the tour championship you better you better make the rules now we have it. We have it. It's uh, double the Memphis payout. All right, cool. So first, the other thing is we had six majors last year. Also true. It's a big deal. 
Mark's also chipping the, away at it. Also, the player first place for the players is like twenty seven million dollars. Oh, yeah, Whoever, yeah so, if you get that one right, you are in no one. Prime <laughs> shape. Mark's going with Tony Finau. Coach and Kyle are going with Scotty Scheffler. Jacob's going with Ricky Fowler. I'm going with Matthew Wolf. Greg is going with Corey Connors, and Sienna Jad is going with Justin Rose. That will conclude our one and done segment, and it will conclude our mega preview pod for this week's American Express. Unless there's any final thoughts, but they got to be quick. No, no, and no. Big thanks to producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. Mark Immelman, you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme at the real GFD and Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.